Coming to you live from a Mayfair basement, it's the Sons of Hunarchy podcast with your hosts, Drunk Shy Sox fan, and Hot Take Tommy. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the success of this team, okay? We are playoff bound. We've got a lot of young talent. Yeah. We've got a lot to be excited about. We've got MVP candidates on this team. we got We've- manager of the year candidates on this team. We've got possible Minoso <laughs> minutes from Hot Take Tommy and myself, uh, and I'm really excited about the bagel I just ate and the beer that I'm drinking right now. All of this brought to you by DBC Brand. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, what the hell kind of a combo is a beer and a bagel, but... It's a great breakfast combo, I'm not going to lie. Alliteration to boot, so let's just put it that way, you know? Just, uh, I'm carving up. That's what I'm going to say. I'm, I'm carving up right now for... This Notre Dame football game. Oh it's going to start god. at 1.30. you got to be kidding me right now. for Notre Dame. Oh, my God. White Sox podcast. No, here's White the thing. Sox podcast. Let me be honest with you. I started online school this week with the, ki- with the kids being present mm-hmm. on Zoom and, mm-hmm. and Google Classroom and whatnot. But on Tuesday, I was getting my coffee ready to go, you know, putting it in my to-go mug. And, you know, I, I, the first thing I saw was my Notre Dame. Hold, wait, hold, wait. So you're okay. doing remote from the classroom? So I am in the building. That's so stupid. And the kids are. Why do you have to be in the building? And the kids are at home. I don't have to be in the building. I just like working That's okay. outside of the, That's fair. the home. That's fair. Plus our Wi-Fi is, is hot trash. Yeah, no, you I know, know from playing you and MLB The Show. Exactly. You, you're always like four seconds behind. <laughs> like the pitch is like past me. And I'm you're surprised like, we're able to actually play online. <laughs> so so I'm uh I'm getting ready to go. I'm I'm getting my coffee ready, and I look at my Notre Dame to go mug, and I'm I grab it out of the ca- the the cabinet, and I go wait. Yes, it is the start of Notre Dame football this Saturday today, the day we're recording. But the White Sox, man, like yeah, this is they they got control of our brains. I am dead convinced that this is the most exciting team to watch in professional sports even college sports sports in general right now yeah because the city is behind this team okay that, yeah that's the main thing you are living on the north side right now yeah. right yeah you are living in mayfair which is like what just northwest of irving park yeah Old irving. straight north of old irving park yeah okay so i go to a liquor store on lawrence ave and I buy this six pack of Sox Gold Nail, which I'm surprised was even in stock. Let's, they, let's really quick check the it. time on that. He said, I just went to a liquor store an hour ago. It is 11.35 a.m. If you aren't drinking in the morning, you can't be drinking all day. <laughs> oh okay. And plus, what's the best way to nurse a ho- hangover? You just keep drinking. Oh okay. God. I mean, hey, keep anyway. ragging on me. I'm online. <laughs> Taking shots of Malort with Sox Twitter last <laughs> night, and <laughs> you're out here typing up papers. Speaking yeah, of which, I yeah, have my own papers. Yeah, it's not like you don't have to type up your papers. So, <laughs> I digress. I instead chose my White Sox coffee container in, over my Notre Dame one Ooh. because the city is behind this team, right? I go to the liquor store, yeah. I buy the six pack of beer, and which kind and of guy, which beer are we drinking? We are drinking Sox Golden Ale, uh-huh. indeed. Uh, shout out to Goose Island. Um, and the guy, as I'm walking out, goes, as I'm checking out and grab my beer, he goes, go socks. And I was like, 
yeah, man. I, at first, I was like, huh, what? Like, what did he just say to me? Whether it was like me not believing he actually said that or it was like me not hearing what he said. Yeah. Either way, I, I caught on to it with him, without him having to repeat himself. But I was like, hey, yeah, go Sox. And then I pull up to your place, right? You're getting out of the car. Well, first of all, you're a damn maniac. You threw your arm out the window with the six-pack in hand like you're freaking raising like a boombox. Like it's my World Series trophy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like, look what I got. Like, he didn't even park yet. You're still driving, throwing <laughs> that six-pack up in the air, and then the guys behind you, like, almost run me over, A, and then B, roll down the window and start screaming, Go socks, Go socks!" It's like, what is going on? What world? I said to you, what did I say? I was like, I never thought this would happen in our lifetime, that regular season is happening and people are stopping to yell, go socks exactly. just because we're wearing socks gear. I always hated it when people said that this was more of a Cubs town than a Sox town because I 100% disagree with that. Mm. Um, it, whether we're horrible and the Cubs are great, you know, whether this is 2016 or 2005. Yeah. Um, but you're definitely, you know, whether it's bandwagon or not, you got to get behind the excitement. I don't oh, care yeah. if it's bandwagon. It's bring on the bandwagon. Super exciting. Bring on the bandwagon. If it means championships, bring on the bandwagon. If it means Jerry Reinsdorf spending money in free agency, yes. Bring on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. So all that to be said, we're watching a ba- uh, like what what was the quote in uh, spring training playoffs or die bitches? That's right from uh, Dallas Keuchel's mom <laughs> out here. Well, bitches, we got playoffs. Bitches, we're gonna we're (laughs) you know knock on wood. That's fake wood. This is a playoff team. Yeah, this is exciting. Why are you knocking on wood? Every damn team in the league is getting in the playoffs this year. There is a magic number. Oh yeah, that's so cool. I saw Zick. uh, Zickhead was the first one that I saw posting the um, magic number. I was like, oh, is that is it that time of year? It is. It really is. So I. I can't even, like, I just want to reflect on last night a little bit, too. Mm -hmm. I don't, I've seen this on a couple occasions now where people have been very brash in regard to the White Sox falling into an early hole, and then this team comes back. Yeah. You can't sleep on this team with how potent the offense is. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are going to be games where we fall behind 3-0 or 4-0 and end up losing 4-2. Yeah. You know, five to three but at the same time you can't write this team off because there are so many weapons on offense there are so many ways you can get punished and like I said last night in my final five this team has just got to continue getting on base yeah because create those opportunities Eloy with a face high 95 mile an hour waist fastball like the man tried to waste a pitch with two men on and Eloy took him deep. It's like <laughs> this was just last night the uh, the game against the Royals. Where the Tigers. Tigers. They're the same team. <laughs> that those two teams are the same. No. Um. The so the Tigers. Cisneros. Whatever. Cisneros. Cisneros came in and he's like a he's a hurler. But the man hits Tim Anderson after he had a guy he inherited a runner from Mize, right? Yeah. And then so there's two guys on, and he's literally I, trying to waste. Well, a I pitch. think he actually inherited two. 
Yeah, and then the the one scored from On the Madrigal the, ground out. Okay, so there you go. So there's the first out, and then he's he. This is the point though. He's literally trying to waste a fastball neck high, like face high. Either that, or he's trying to get Aloy to chase. And what does Aloy do? Capitalizes Just because it's a high fastball. It. And I know most of a majority of his home runs since he has been with the team. Mm-hmm. Have been opposite field shots, but right. he showed you right there that he still has that ability. He can pull to it to get a ninety-five mile an hour near neck high fastball and still rake it. Yeah, to left center. And so the the I'm I'm like I'm with the pitcher because the pitcher's face at the end of it was like. I didn't make a bad pitch. I don't know exactly how that happened. But that like, was that was the second hit of the night. Yeah. Which just like emphasizes in my opinion, and I know that you're Mr. Singles over walks. Oh yeah. But getting on base, <laughs> the importance of getting on base, whether it's walks, whether it's singles, like you have to create those opportunities right. for your guys like Aloy yeah. to drive in those runs. Like I, like you're saying, put the ball in play. That's what you're saying, right? Put yeah. the ball in play at all. That's not what you're saying, but that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, no. Put the damn ball in play because stuff like Madrigal is going to happen. That is Madrigal true. getting a ground ball. Like, yeah, if he had struck out, if he had walked, that's not an RBI. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, suck, okay. suck a fat one. Okay, sure. <laughs> it loads up the bases and Aloy hits a grand slam. No, because then or you know, no, Tim gets plunked and, and then, then it's a and then you still have the bases mm, loaded. But whatever. Yeah, no, the, the RBIs only happen when you put the ball in play. So that's not that's not even true. But Jeez. this is what matters to me. Uh, I want the ball in play as often as possible. So I'm gonna say it. Magical is a good pick for me. I like that guy. Um, you're 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 on you're on board now. I here's the th- like for the millionth time. For the millionth time. I know. You were never not on board. I'm not. A, I've never not been pro-Madrigal. I've just been, yo, everybody chill the F out about Madrigal. And was I right? Yes. The man can't mm-hmm. run the bases. I'm sorry. <laughs> he just can't. He's making very He's just immature mistakes. And that's the thing. He's sure. just so excited Doesn't to be experience. here. He's just yep. so excited to be here. He just wants to like make every... Like he wants to get to third, he wants to make get a run. You know, he just wants to, and you like you you feel for the guy because it's like, if I was playing in the major leagues, I'd be out here trying to score from first to like to home. Like, well, hey, if it means anything, it's the first time I've seen Nick Capra be correct. Yeah, no, Nick Capra was was like stop sign, and he was still almost (laughs) safe. That's what I'm saying. It's like (laughs) Nick Capra. What the hell? That I I literally that thought came through my mind like the one time somebody doesn't listen to Nick Capra and he's right. Like usually they listen to him and we're burned, but he's just like, stop. I know I'm making the right call. And Madrigal's like, I can't see that high. You should, you should have put the sign lower of all the people to say that's too high. I seriously would love to see you and Nick Madrigal stand side by side and see who is actually taller. Loki is probably taller. The main thing, the thing that matters is he's, way more ripped than i am so (laughs) it doesn't matter he's a professional athlete and i'm not well speaking (laughs) of being ripped and speaking of of raking the baseball um we've got a couple guys on this team you're talking about our tight end in center field is that what you're talking about tight end (laughs) in center field (laughs) he's built like a damn football player yes you are correct have you heard the comparison where like they they keep saying that if luis robert was born 90 miles north he'd be a wide receiver at the U instead of playing center field for the White Whoever side. said that, that's a genius. To- that's I, genius right there because that's so true. Loki, I'm pretty sure that was Tanny on Locked on Socks. So let's, there let's you credit go. where credit's due. Give some love. Yeah. Um, 
now I was more so referring to the guys who are in the MVP running for the White Sox. Why is he not? So I think he'll get votes. That's that's what's I crazy really about think it. Luis yeah. is going to get votes. Yeah. Um, when you look at the per game WAR, mm-hmm. when you look at the kind of baseline statistics, such as like like the old timers that look at batting average and OBP RBIs and RBIs. Oh, OBP is a pretty advanced stat. Well, um, here's the thing: when you look at Luis, he's not. I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe in like five years, he'll be a higher OBP guy, but he's going to be more of an OPS guy because yeah. of how hard he hits yep. the ball. Yep. Um, he doesn't walk a ton. He still does strike out quite a bit. Why? Um, why would he walk when he can just launch everything? And those are and but and then those are the advanced <laughs> statistics that play against him. Yeah. Um, I know defensively he's been amazing too. I mean, yeah. he really will get MVP votes. I'm he will. Dead convinced. Like um, you know, there was some M- like baseball writer out there that saw him make that catch in first in uh, center field. And he was just like he wrote in his name on, on like third place in the MVP race just because of that one catch, right? Because like half these guys are doing the eye test, like I would, you know. So it's <laughs> you are the king of eye tests, my friend. Now, MLB. I'm sorry. No, it's good. I was about to MLB, jump like way ahead of us. So. Of course. Um, now, MLB Twitter also yeah. put in like their top five who they think are going to win the MVP in the AL and the NL. Yeah. Jose and Tim, I believe, were both mentioned. Yeah, because right? they damn well should be. Um, so I know Jose's your guy. Do you want to rant on that first, and then I'll please and thank you. So AL MVP Jose Abreu, why or why not? Okay, so Trout, goodbye. I don't, I don't care oh, about your God, Trout. Please stop. No, 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 stop. Because look, the man's gonna be in the MVP conversation every year. I don't want to beat a dead horse. He's in the AL MVP. Oh, yeah. I see. What like you're Trout, saying. goodbye. I don't want to talk about that. He's there. He's probably going to be it. Okay, fine. Whatever. Why not Jose Abreu though? Okay. So the man, I I wrote this a couple days ago. He was on a twenty game hit streak at the time. Now he bumped it up to twenty two, which is his just, longest yeah. hit streak of his career. Uh, just passing his twenty sixteen. Uh, hit streak, which was twenty one games. Right. So, and the the best part about it, like it was a beautiful, like you saw, you heard the chariots uh, of fire song playing when he ran down the baseline to beat out that ground ball <laughs> for the hit <laughs> to get the 22. If y'all haven't seen him uh, beat out the ground ball for his 22nd game hit streak, y'all got to go find that highlight because it was fantastic, the fact that he beat out that infield hit or whatever. Um, I love that you just made that chariots <laughs> of fire reference. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. I, we, somebody's got to get on. Who, who's technologically advanced enough to get that going? Because we got to get that. Because he There are enough people on White Sox Twitter. <laughs> it's fantastic. So that's what I'm hoping happens. Um, but 22-game history. Let's put that in perspective. That's more than a third of the mother-effing season, people. He hits the ball every game for more than a third of the season. So there's that. The man's got RBIs for days. These are old stats. He's got more than 40 RBIs now. He's like, and I don't care that you don't care. It's a team-generated stat, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. He's driving the ball in play when there's runners on base. And two two out, Jose Abreu is MVP, like, no problem. Two out, two strike, he's the best person in the world. Um, 53 hits, 12 Doubles, 13 home runs. These are, again, these are old stats. He's added on to those hit, that hit total. He's got an improved 
glove. How can I tell? Because the eye test. Let's fucking go. Um, he's got a great. <laughs> yeah, his glove actually has improved. Yeah, so it, it has. Like the defensive 100%. run saved. Is, yeah, yeah, it's it's up there. I mean, like, does it help that Ta is throwing it into the dirt and Yoan is throwing it five feet over his head? It does help because it makes him look flashy when really he's not. But he's good. Uh, and then I got another thing to go off about in talking about that improved glove. I'll get there. There's a, uh, this is going to be my Minoso minute on a, on a play that he made in foul territory. Anyway, so more reasons why he's going to be the MVP. He's got this beautiful goatee, tying it up. He looks great out there. Like, shirt unbuttoned, chains hanging. He's, he's so good looking. And then we've got the uh, fact that he's the only <laughs> he's, he's the only one who's played, like, every damn game this season. Every I is it still true? I think he's only missed one game. I that yeah, he's only missed one game okay. all season, and that's I don't think people take that into perspective enough. That's huge, in my opinion. The fact that you're static in the lineup, like you can dip in and out and still make like high numbers, but this man's been doing it day in day out, right? And this is my favorite one. This was last. Last Sunday, Ian Happ hit a home run at Wrigley Field, and that's the home run that put him over Jose Abreu on the home run total at Wrigley Field. So Jose Abreu was leading the league in home runs at Wrigley Field until last Sunday. That's pretty fucking crazy. Isn't that awesome? Like, <laughs> he had one series there, and he was That series was insane. He was on a whole... He was ethereal. Yeah. A whole nother level. Um, hit a dinger series. off a of Darvish. I mean, that's just not possible this e- this season. You can't hit a dinger off a of Darvish. Now, this is your guy, too. In, my in, damn in who, guy. Well, Jose. But, favorite, um, favorite White Sox ever. And you, But let me ask you, too. Who's more the, of my experience Who's the one White Sox jersey that you own? The White Sox jersey that I own. So, I got a shirtsy for Canerco. But the jersey, jersey. that I own is the other MLB M- wait, MLB MVP candidate on the team, Tim Anderson. I know this, and I love that man. So I love that. That's man. the thing, too. Honestly, if I were to pick an MVP candidate for the White Sox, it, it's gonna be Tim Anderson. I know he was out for a stretch of time, but when you look at the per game mm-hmm. war, yeah, of Tim Anderson in comparison to Jose Abreu, yeah, um, especially when you look at fan graphs, yeah, sure, over which I'm not gonna do. I, I well, <laughs> let me ask you: Do you do you like offense more, or do you like defense more? I love Tom? offense. Okay, if you love offense more, then Fangraphs is your war. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I, I, that's I, the reason why. That is, I mean, Fangraphs tends to have more of an offensive-minded war approach. Sure. Um, offense is what wins games, so you know. <laughs> there you go. I mean, so does pitching and and. Outfield defense, right, Tom? Only outfield, outfield defense. <laughs> so funny. Oh, shout out to, to our guy, Ryan Ferrucci. Literally, I, I will go on record saying that is my favorite segment of baseball talk that we've ever had on this podcast, is <laughs> watching the Nats game, Nats-Brewers game, and then seeing <laughs> the Brewers blow the game because of outfield defense, and then Ryan Ferrucci just hops on, outfield defense. <laughs> so good. Perfect. So perfect. Oh, geez. So, I mean, I, I personally think Tim is, when you take the injury out of the situation, is having a stronger year than Jose. Um, I think they're both great MVP candidates. 
I don't think either of them are going to win it. Get your Mike Trout but and it's shove okay. it It's somewhere. not even Mike Trout. Who? Anthony Rendon. Ugh! Sorry. I. You forget who's voting, right? These writers really, really care about wins. They do. The Angels suck. They do. So much. The team is bad. Don't get me wrong. Then why are you talking about two MVP can- candidates on a shit team? Because, well, I'm referring to one in particular. I actually don't think that Mike Trout is the... He's getting there. He's in age? been improving. He's no, old. Is that I'm what saying he's getting there that's not true. in regard to <laughs> being a top three MVP vote getter for the year. But Anthony Rendon... Has been. You're talking about Mike Trout like he's a sleeper. Like what? What is happening? <laughs> well, no. What I'm saying is he got off to a slower start. Uh, whereas yeah, it's Anthony true. Rendon. I mean, yes, he got off to a slow couple weeks to start yeah. the year too. But mm-hmm. he he's been insane offensively. He's been solid defensively. I he's. I think he's your AL yeah. MVP, even though he wasn't even on the five list for yeah. the MLB Twitter, which is and so dumb. Yeah, well, we're not we're, and that's not to mention all the A's guys and Rays guys who are in the running too. Like we've got who, who's the guy who's kicking the the shit out of the ball at the, on the Rays? Like is that Adamus or is that um Brandon Lau? Yeah, Lau is going crazy for for the Rays right now, and then you got Loriano on the A's going crazy too. So these are all guys that are out there that. Should be in the conversation as well. But the fact that we're out here literally, like, clear as day, not making shit up, not, like, pulling shit out of our batooties. Um, <laughs> we we have guys who are in the AL MVP race. We've got multiple guys. And then we could, you know, if you want to throw in a pitcher, let's talk about Giolito. Let's I, talk about how okay. he's got a no-hitter. Let's no, talk about how he's pit, got Number one pitcher under should never be talked about. For MVP voting, in my opinion. All right, I Unless take that. Are like- uh, I take that and um, shut up. I don't agree with you. <laughs> um, so, Plus, and then if there's an AL pitcher that's going to get MVP votes, it's going to be Shane Bieber. Oh, but uh, yeah, he's yeah, he's so good. He's um, so good. Can I go real quick just to yeah. reiterate the Rendon point? Oh, why? I'm sorry. So the man has a very. It's not like he's getting lucky. Okay, he actually has his lowest career BABIP since his I since twenty sixteen. Hate BABIP. Okay, so he's his slash line is two ninety six, four thirty five, five twenty eight. Great. I hate that you brought up Babbit. His weighted on base four twelve. His weighted runs created is one sixty seven. Okay? He has a positive defensive war. He's worth two point four war on fan graphs and two point on baseball reference. Both of those being well, it's equivalent to Jose Abreu on baseball reference, uh, and it's way higher on Fangraphs. So, okay. I'm now, done. to close this segment, <laughs> why did we start this conversation? Because we have two damn White Sox. You have two MVP candidates on our team and a third that's going to get votes, most likely. And that's, that's exciting. That is huge. And this goes back to what we said at the beginning of the podcast. We're watching the most exciting team in baseball. We're possibly watching the most exciting team in professional sports. sports. Crazy. Full stop.
Hey, Tom, I got something to run by you real quick. Okay, I'm listening. So, you know how here at the Sons of Honarchy, we got something that we want to get seen by as many people as possible? We do. We do. We do, right? Our podcast and everything that we say, right? And sometimes we, we you know, come out with these episodes and, and post things on, on, on social media, and we don't get the appreciation that we, you know, would like. Yeah, it's or, true. Or the likes, right? Trying not to be like hoes here, but, but sometimes I am, you know. <laughs> and sometimes we uh, we need sleek, impeccable presentation, and we definitely lack the know-how to do oh so. Oh boy, right? do we lack it! So, Tom, we we answered yes to like all of those questions. Mm-hmm. Do you know where I'm going with this? I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. Who should we talk to? We got to talk to DBC Brand. That's right. Now, they got our choice of three solid tiers of social media marketing plans. We're going to get access to professional social media content curation, email marketing, blog posting, live video and photography sessions, not to mention they got more going on. Wow. Um, Find out more by visiting dbcbrand.com and give your business the creative touch and the spotlight that it deserves. DBC, Digital Digital by by Creatives. Yes! (laughs) Alrighty then. So, um... (laughs) <laughs> I just made a pretty good joke. It's it's uh Steve's a little mad about it, but um anyway. Uh well while I have this time, I would love to yell at the MLB. So uh those of you who are familiar with the podcast, we have a segment that we like to call the Minoso Minute. It's where we talk about baseball outside the lines of baseball. Um and we call it the Minoso Minute because we are a White Sox podcast and Minnie Minoso was a White Sox player who did a lot for the game outside the lines of baseball, being the first Cuban born player to break the uh, color barrier for Latinos. Now Jose Abreu um has an improved glove. I said I'd I'd get back to this and and he made this um really good really good play. Um taking the ball over Magical's head, which is not hard to do um, because he's so short. I love doing short jokes for Magical because I'm 5'6 as well. Um, but he catches the ball over Magical's head and, you know, um, kind of quote-unquote dives into the net. Um, if you guys haven't seen the haven't seen the, um, the video of it, he I, I've got it posted on my Twitter and... It, he he did not dive into the net, and there's a MLB rule that states, "Hey, if you dive in the stands for no reason, then whatever ball you've caught is actually a ground rule double." So that's what happened. Um, they put a guy on second base when Jose Abreu catches a ball in foul territory and then takes a seat on the wall and leans in the net. What it looked like to me. When I first saw the the play, I was like, good catch. Oh, that's funny. Like, the boys are out there playing. Him, Nomar Mazzara, and Madrigal are all in the same area in foul territory. Jose Abreu makes a good catch and then 
sits down on the on the railing, like on the side of the the field, and then leans back into the net. And it's like it it's it's him being a fun loving guy, playing a fun loving game, and the umps have the audacity to make a call that is such horseshit that I literally cannot believe my eyes. I'm watching this and I'm with Jason Benetti who's like what in the hell is going on out here? Like, and then Steve Stone hops on and says, well, you can't go and dive in the stands like that. I'm like, shut the hell up. You should be as livid as Jason Benetti is. That is not a man jumping into the stands for no reason. He is playing a game, having a good time with his teammates. And what I said on Twitter, I'm going to back it up right now. This is an opportunity for the MLB to use that highlight and paste it on their social media and say, look, this is a guy making the best out of COVID. A, a, a situation where we don't have fans in the stands. These guys got to have fun somehow. They're letting it loose on the field. He makes, He's playing professionally, makes a good catch, and then sits back and relaxes like a joke in the, in the netting. And now you're going to call a man and say he gets a double? Ridiculous. MLB, you should all... Those umps should lose their damn jobs for something like that. Ridiculous. Ridiculous that you would take the fun out of the game in a situation like that. Yes, I'm way more wired up about this than anybody else in the world, but that was such a missed opportunity. Such a missed opportunity for the league. And these, like, this is the reason why umps like they, we need to get robo umps like yesterday because these guys are doing things that is old baseball all the time this is old baseball this is you have to earn your way in the league you have to do all this like you have to follow these dumb rules that make the game inaccessible they make the game not fun and and a pain to watch rather than a joy to watch i'm i'm done i'm done i know that was over my time but this is what is wrong with baseball embodied in one play that you would have fun on the field and get punished for it. Ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so on Tommy's <laughs> on a on a lighter note now. Yeah, I'm ready to be uh, <laughs> so angry and hostile. That's no, the no, that's the most angry and hostile I've ever seen <laughs> yeah. Tommy on this podcast, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. No, it's tr- I was I was not happy when I saw that. Okay, but we're moving forward here. We've got a team in first place and solid. First place sucks. And it's it's not a like, oh, we're sharing it with the other team. We're in first place, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so I made a little checklist of teams that would be in first place would have these things. Um not all teams, but teams that have are in first place uh have these kinds of things on their team. So on Number one on the list is AL Rookie of the Year candidate. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, front runner. AL Rookie of the Year front runner. I know Kyle <laughs> exactly. Lewis. Here's the thing, too, is I know Kyle Lewis has been good. Um, it's going to be kind of a little bit of back and forth, I think. Yeah, it's going to be between those two. That's the thing. For sure. We got um, front runner slash. I'm AL. really hoping yeah. Lewis gets it, though. He deserves it. He definitely does. And um, then the next thing, we got an AL, M- AL MVP candidate, and I should add in there candidates. Yep. Um, we've got a real ace, uh, capital A-C-E, real ace in uh, Giolito. Yeah, and I mean, to reiterate on that, too, I, I think he struggled a little bit last night. And aces struggle from time to time. I I think that is one thing, too, that White Sox fans have to realize is ace does not always mean you're going to go out and you're going to absolutely manhandle 
every the team, team. Yeah. that is out on the field that day. Um, I know it was Detroit. I know that they're very spotty, but they do have guys that can produce offensively. They do. They're almost a 500 ball club. Goodrum and and um, Candelario, they're they're good players, you know. Yeah, I I think Goodrum was out last night, but I mean you've got Candelario, you've got Reyes, uh, Jones is hurt, yeah, yeah. Uh, and got replaced by Das Cameron, but still. And Cameron like he went out there and played a good game. And you know? I mean he yeah, I mean you've got you've got guys that can produce on that team, so there's no knock to Giolito giving up three runs last night. And that and what's what's the rule on a quality start? Six innings, three runs. You didn't go six, but but yes. like that the three runs thing is like that is part like if you're not giving up more than three runs, you're giving your team a chance to win. Yeah, unless they're silver one or two innings. Like yeah, the Reynaldo Lopez method. Oh yeah, which <laughs> is <laughs> hopefully not tonight. <laughs> God. Anyway, so a real ace in Giolito. Check. Um, now these are the more fun ones. Um, you have a four game. <laughs> are you going to sweep the four four game series against the two bottom teams in the league uh, in the, your division rather? Um, check and check. We have a four game sweep against the Royals. We got a four game sweep against the Tigers. What that means is we are taking care of business against teams that are at the bottom of the league that's that's my favorite phrase to say about this team and that's what you and that's with this 60 game schedule that's that's what it's going to be required of teams that are going to maintain first place okay now not to go into sad boy hour um (laughs) which we would have done had we recorded um and on what was it um thursday night like we were planning no, it was Tuesday night. Tuesday night, like we were planning, um, and we ha- saw a horrible loss against the Pittsburgh Pirates. But um, that was that was n- was against the Pirates. Yeah, yeah that was, was Pittsburgh Pirates. Was um, that Tuesday? It was Tuesday. Yep. We had a lot of off days this week too. Yeah. <laughs> um, Seventeen game stretch coming up. Yeah. Wow. Yikes. Good thing they had those off days. Um, but uh, point being, we, we're not going to go into sad boy hour, but we are going to check the last two things on this checklist. Okay, so. Um, in my opinion, if you're going to be in first place, you need to have at least a series win against every team in your division because you're proving that you're better than everybody in the division. Well, you we don't have that against Cleveland. You don't have that against Minnesota. Two of the only two competitors in this division, besides the White Sox, we have yet to win a series. Mm-hmm. We haven't been swept yet. By either of those teams, but we have not won a series. Yeah, I mean, against upper echelon talent um, or teams that are, you know, not the Royals and the Tigers and the Pirates um, and the Reds and the and the Cubs. You know, the Cubs are not as good as they look like. We've got some work to do, um, and I'm really hope. I mean, this is where. Oh, a third starter would have been really nice, especially with Reynaldo Lopez yep. on the mound tonight. Yep. But, um, yeah, I'm just hoping that the offense can – I mean, the offense has been spectacular. They have been great. Um, <sighs> Sparkling. Let's just hope they continue this span of games mm-hmm. since uh, I think – they started off after the first twenty games, I think it was, or the first twenty-one games. Well, there was they've two averaged, turning points. It was after they got, um, they lost that series to the Cardinals, 
the the third game of that series that was yep. the game that we hit five home runs right. back to back to back to back so, or was it four five, right five it, whatever it was yeah it was four four back four to back to back to back home runs um, and we launched ever since then basically so since that day they've averaged over six runs a game mm-hmm. I mean they're gonna need that going. Wait, where's our Malloy <laughs> I know right <laughs> um, they are going to need that moving forward yeah because this pitching staff although I believe in Giolito, although I believe in Keuchel, who even though has back problems right now uh, from carrying the weight of this team. <laughs> um, With the whole damn team on his back and is a little too heavy. <laughs> I'd like to believe that Dunning is a solid third option. Ooh, but boy, my, is he good right now. But my God, would I have loved to seen even Mike Miner. Like, you could have gotten yeah. Mike Miner for nothing. I mean, the jackass would have been screaming at his team to drop the ball so he can get his 200 strikeouts. But that was not his call. That was his manager's call. He was the one screaming to drop the ball. So, whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying. I like. I. I honestly like. I don't have that much against Mike Miner for that. I just like to bring it up because I think it's like that's the one thing that sticks out in everybody's minds is that. He was the asshole that told his catcher to drop the ball so that he can get 200 strikeouts. Could have gotten him for nothing. You could have. I still feel like the. The Rangers would have been willing to deal win, yeah. especially with how bad they've been. They're and, really bad. And, and the lack of yeah. prospect depth they have. They really um, should have considered it if they weren't considering I it. I don't think Clevenger would have would have left um, Cleveland unless Eloy or Luis were a part of the deal, which definitely was not going to happen. Cleveland got a great deal, which is not good for us. Like No, uh, you know what? Here's the thing about that. I... San Diego did not give up one single top 100 prospect. Not one. Hmm. None of those guys were or are in the top 100. I don't even think Quantrill was uh, uh, top 100 before he graduated, Um, who has had a very great 2020 so far in the small sample size we've seen. Right. Um, But the fact that the Padres got away without giving up a top 100 prospect is a big win for them they gave up a lot but they didn't give up upper echelon talent yeah and but this is what is not good um from our side of things is that cleveland is always annoying and it mm-hmm. looks like they're going to be annoying forever well when you can develop arms like they do oh my god they're always so good mckenzie holy cow is that guy good he is. I mean, he was a top prospect for a reason. Oh, he's good. He was, uh, I think, first or second round draft pick, uh, maybe third. He's for a, a lefty, reason. right? Um, I can't remember. I can't remember. Off the top of my head. But he's like built like Sale, and the man's like, oh, he's so good. He's not gonna throw as much heat. He doesn't have like a- incredible heat like Sale ever did. That slider, though. The slider, and the thing is too, from like the way he releases the ball, that fastball that only tops out at ninety four, ninety five is. More dangerous than it. That's, that's it sounds. plenty. That's plenty. He's blowing by guys, blowing. Anyway, so um, yikes. Uh, point point being, this is this is the part of the podcast where we talk about our fears with this with this uh, with the White Sox. You know, we got our excitement out. It's very loud. It's very clear that we are yeah. so excited about this team. But hey, like the point of having a White Sox centric bo- uh, podcast is so that we can cast a critical eye on our team, right? Um. We haven't seen them perform well when they're facing other talented ball clubs. We just haven't. And, I mean, how 
I, I wanted to ask you this is how much mm-hmm. do you think it actually hurts us that it's COVID season and we aren't playing teams like the Rays and the A's who are at the top of their respective divisions um, and even teams like uh, the Blue Jays who are on the rise, you know, like other really talented teams. What does it mean that we aren't playing them and we are really not playing well against the teams that are good that we are playing? I mean, it doesn't hurt us right now because it improves our playoff chances. Nah. <laughs> um, doesn't hurt us at all. It's good. That's that's the one thing. Um, but come playoff time. Come playoff time, right? Right. Playoff readiness for this team is something that I'm not super excited for, and it's something that I've expressed before. Yeah. Um, say we end up with a, a Yankees, or say we end up... Booty! Well, yeah, you can say that, but say they get a couple pieces back yeah, that yeah. are ailing with injury right, right now. Yeah, they could they could come together say, at the exact right time. And, say Garrett yeah. Colse continues to pitch Torch like people. Well, he hasn't been yeah, this but year, but he gets say he gets to the form like he was in his last start against against the Orioles. Sorry, I couldn't remember there for a second. <laughs> you keep laughing at me. I, no, 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 no. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, Garrett Cole could be back yeah. and strong. Yeah. James Paxson yeah. could be back and strong. Masahiro Tanaka Always has good. playoff experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, these these are that that's a team that I would be not super pumped to face if they're healthier, right. you know? Um, especially with a team that's like ours, like the White Sox, that's young and, and streaky, streaky, especially against teams that do have talent. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a very interesting playoffs. Anything can happen in the playoffs. That's for sure. Yeah. But I don't, Nats won the world series last year, especially when I think about our pitching. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Um, what, especially when I think about the pitching, um, the I get, Nats won the World Series last year. I get, of exactly. <laughs> Team with good pitching, um, with great starters. Um, I worry about what's outside of Giolito and Keuchel. And then on top of that, too, I worry about Ricky's management of our bullpen. Manager of the year candidate. So here's the thing. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about Ricky Renteria being manager of the year. Yes, he has been able to be a part of this ball club that has improved tremendously. Don't get me wrong. Tremendously. The White Sox have made steps, leaps and bounds yes. beyond where they were last year. Uh-huh. I don't think a ton of that falls on who Ricky Renteria was or is. I was going to say. A ton of it. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. But, number one, you had a front office that was a little bit more willing to spend. Yeah. And go out and get players that are going to help you be competitive. Right. And the second part of this, too, is there have been a lot of, like, asinine decisions of Ricky Renteria's, whether Jimmy it's the Cordero lineup. again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and I said this on, on my final five last night, um, the combination of Marshall, Hoyer, Colome is pretty dangerous. It's All three of those guys have been very good. Very I good. like yeah. Matt Foster in situations where... Um, we haven't he been seeing a up. lot of him recently, by the way. Not a ton. Um, Which I is like, okay. He's, I, he was used a lot. I like him on. in certain situations or maybe even long relief. Yeah. Uh, huge if you need a couple innings. 
Um, Detweiler and Foster and Long Relief are like oh my exactly. God, so good. If you're about to face a lineup with a lot of lefties, if you're about to have an inning with a bunch of lefties coming up, maybe a Jace Fry or, or Big Boss Ross to come in and get a Welsh Rose. But Jace Fry's hair is really bad, by the way. Uh, have you noticed? I'm n- no, I'm not here to judge fashion. Well, his hair is pretty bad. You can start the fashion blog for the Sons of Honor, Tom. I will. Um, it's gonna be hair based. Of course, always. <laughs> um, what else would it be with you? Only hair. MV- hair and only hair for Tommy. MVPs are going to be Robert and uh, Nikki Delmonico's. Robert. <laughs> Robert. Robert. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I think the management of the bullpen is going to be really, really key moving forward, especially if, for example, Dane Dunning gives up. I don't know. Say, Say it's... Say it's a, a close game against uh, Cleveland or Minnesota, yeah. and it's say it's three to two Cleveland over us going into the top of the sixth, and you have the decision to pull Dunning, who's already at ninety five pitches, a hundred pitches. Like they're ever gonna let him go ninety five to a hundred pitches? He's gone over ninety, I think. Oh, in this most recent one? Yes. So But still like he they, But say say yeah, he's at anyway, ninety okay, pitches say he's at ninety pitches I'm through listening. five, yeah. right? Okay. So then how is he gonna handle the bullpen from there? Right? I it's going to be key for him and Cooper to analyze those situations. Counterpoint and that scares the shit out of me. Counterpoint I I see you with your saying there's mismanagement of the bullpen and you know, there are a lot of times a lot of decisions that scare me. But at the same time, he has his track record as far as bullpen usage this season is very good and only based on results look at the bullpens did you, like, forget, did you forget about that tuesday night game look i know I'm, it's a non-safe I'm, situation but you got to go a column a over cordero right but it's a non-safe situation and I think this is what he and I'm I that's fine. You if a guy look, has good look, stuff. Stop. You are right. You're right. But we're not the managers. We don't know the guys. And what does Colme do in non-safe situation? He fucking sucks. What does he do in situations that are safe situations? He's ninety nine percent effective. Ninety nine point eight percent. I'm sorry effective. that you have to tarnish his his his, no, his, I'm, his like what under one ERA or his look, I You're not going to break gr- him if you put him into a non-safe situation with a runner on. Like, it's just... You don't know that, though. You don't know that. And I don't think Ricky, I would hope. I would hope. That's fine. I would hope that the mental yeah. psyche of these players is okay yeah. and strong enough no. that if you make one mistake and you were put into a situation you're not used to, that you're going to be good enough to bounce back. Yeah, I, I... Look, I agree. And I... Like I said, I... Basically, I, I have the same fears, but at the same time, flip side of the coin, the bullpen has performed very well this season and has been used a lot. It's been okay. It's been okay. I mean, it's exceeded expectations for exactly. a lot of people. That's for sure. The manage. I'm not talking about how the bullpen has done. I'm talking about the management of the bullpen. The you Cordero, can't talk about one without the other. You no, really cannot. I absolutely can. No. Because the way a player is performing versus when a manager is putting them in those situations is totally different. You can't bring out Jace Fry 
in certain situations where a bunch of righties are going to come up. You can. That it's happened a bad against, idea. Yes, exactly. That happened against the Royals. You can't pitch Jimmy Cordero. What was it? Like Every day? Six days out of eight? You can. It's And it's a terrible decision, right? You would agree that that's not a good idea, right? I would... I, I Okay, again, I agree that's not a good idea, but... The bullpen has been very good, and you are completely straying from my that, points. That's fine. I I'm lit. I'm not trying to like defeat you in argument battle right now. I'm just trying to say like, look, the bullpen has done well. It's exceeded expectations, and we can argue all we want. And and it, it's it's ref- it's refreshing in a sense to be able to say. The thing that we're most concerned about is bullpen management because that means that we're going like that's what winning teams complain about. Correct. So it's refreshing to be in that conversation, but at the same time, I want to say the bullpen has exceeded expectations, and I think a large part of bullpens doing well is management of said bullpen. You can't be a Gabe Kapler because Gabe Kapler is really bad at managing bullpens. So is Ricky Renteria. And, I like, that's fine. But I go back to the bullpen has exceeded expectations, and I think that management has a lot to do with that. And I will I will concede pitching Cordero as much as he's being pitched is probably not a great idea. He was a waiver wire pickup. He's not he, – he's great. I love him. Jimmy Biceps till I die. But at the same time, like – Six out of eight days, eh, maybe not a good idea. And then, especially for a guy that's throwing high nineties, yeah, like yikes, he's gonna break his arm. He's <laughs> and then like going to Cshek again and again and again when he clearly is a shell of his former self. Like maybe not next time. Exactly. Maybe not. And then uh, a little bit of Jace Fry in the wrong situations. I see it. I see it. I think it's his hair though. And. Speaking of hair, though, I think actually that's why Jose Abreu. <laughs> I wanted to bring this up. I think that's why Jose Abreu's uh, hit streak ended. Have, have you seen that that haircut? No, no. He looks I, like I the, he looks like the Cuban wild thing. It's <laughs> it's not pretty. <laughs>
I, I'm not trying to argue that it is the way to manage. I'm saying it is a way to manage, and it has been effective. It's uh, and is it on the way out? Yes, it is. Is Renteria part of the old school? More so, yes than no. Is it a way that you can win a World Series? Yes, it is because it's been done before. Let me ask you: Do you think that there's a chance that this team is talented enough that Ricky Renteria could fuck it up, and we don't end up making a World Series push? Um, I think you are being a little mean to Ricky Renteria, and <laughs> I like look. I I honestly do not think he's as bad as you think he is. I don't think he's good, but look, manager war is all of. It can swing all of six wins. Three wins positive, three wins negative. And I, I really don't think it's feasible to think that he can cost us more than three wins an entire year. And that's a 162-game series. I, 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 series. Uh, season. I, mm-hmm. Just managerial decisions can be harmful, but they're not... They're not season-ending, usually. And and I just... I don't see... I mean, it's it's yet to be seen. We've never seen him in the playoffs, either. He's never managed a game in the playoffs. That's a little concerning to me, too. But. So, we'll, we'll see, is, is the answer. I, I... Like, I am... I will not make a judgment on the character of Rick Renteria uh, in the playoffs until I see... Rick Renteria in the playoffs, and that's where I'll leave it. I just I don't want to tell, I don't want to put my voice out there and say that this guy's trash when he may well not be trash. I don't know. Okay. And if there is a point at which he is our World Series manager, I want to be in his corner. I, not to be, not to say like I won't say anything, so I'm the right side of history. But I I don't have a problem with him in the playoffs yet because I haven't seen him in the playoffs yet. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Fair enough. Could he be bad, though? Yeah, he could be bad. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I'm going to end on saying that I think a healthy Yohan Moncada oh, yeah. is going to be crucial for this team yeah, and in the more upcoming so, weeks. I think that's more critical to the White Sox winning than Ricky Renteria is. I'll say that. Fair. That I'll be on record saying that <laughs> Ricky Renteria is not as important as a healthy Yohan Moncada. Hell yeah, that he's more more, more important. <laughs> and I, I know you wanted to touch on Yomer, so... Oh, I was waiting for your any last thoughts. That Okay, any last thoughts, Tom? I do have a last thought. Considering we're talking about third baseman being healthy. We got quality the ones. Man, the myth the legend yo mer sanchez back in you thought i was gonna say yo on mancada but no i went with the other yo yo which <laughs> i can't take myself seriously i'm sorry i can't I, take you seriously either it's okay but um he's played serviceably since he's been back with a ball club and i don't think it's fair to say otherwise <laughs> do i think we he need, is nice. a solution do i think he's a solution no is he better than ryan goins Yes. yes. Is he better than a injured Leary Garcia? Yes, because Leary Garcia is injured. Is he better than Leary Garcia when Leary Garcia comes back? I don't know. I mean, he is Leary legend. So what's important is we have a not 100% Yoan Mankata. We need somebody to play third base serviceably. Enter Defensively, Yomer. he's not serviceable, That's though. Is pretty fucking atrocious at third base, and he doesn't go out there and find me a 
sir, a better third baseman right now. Oh, Pablo Sandoval. Is that your answer? Because he just got DFA'd. I don't think there's any other good options. Here's, we have the no, best no, no. situation not, considering the hand that was dealt to us with Yomer Sanchez. Are we not going to— Why are you so upset about are this we man not gonna playing try, baseball? No, are we not going to try man Danny Mendick at third? No. He can—it's it, it's just like bullpen pieces. If he's doing well in a position, why the Right now, Danny Mendick say, has been on the bench almost the entire week. I forgot about that. But you know yeah. what? This is this is a flaw of Rick Renteria. We can go right here. He is addicted to Yomar Sanchez, which you know, you know, he's kind of fun, so I can see why. But when it comes down to it, we knew that Yomer would be back at some. Wait, we didn't actually. But <laughs> if if I had told you that Yomer Sanchez was gonna be on the roster this season, and you would have obviously said he's gonna start someday, right? Because Ricky loves this guy. Yeah, I, I think we all could have predicted, like... I would have never Yomer, predicted he'd be back. Oh, but if, if I had told you, like, look, he's on the roster in 2020, and then I said, over, under, is he going to start one game? You're going to be like, hell yeah, he's going to start. Ricky's our manager, start right? Start at least one, for sure. But So, this is... I, I guess what I'm coming what I'm coming down to is when, when you throw me a Danny Mendick, I'm like, I can't argue with you. He, he's probably better than Yomer. Mm-hmm. But Yomer came in with a pretty clutch hit yesterday. Yomer has played serviceably with the bat in his hand. You can argue about the defense, but, you know, he's made outs. So is he going to make plays that Yohan makes? No, because most people can't. But I'm not – like, here's here's the question that I want to present to you. Okay. Before you ask, <laughs> thank God for Christ's column, eh? Because yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true. Uh, that E5 was awful. I didn't realize we'd have a second E5 on the team, and Yomer yeah. Sanchez is looking like it. Whoopsies. Um, let that one slide. Um, Here's my deal. Okay. With Yomer having left and come back at a much lower salary than he was slotted to earn if we had re-signed him outright, why not give him? Because here's here's why. I'll Let tell you exactly finish. why. Let me no, finish no, no, no. My I know exactly where you're going. <laughs> why not give him? A, why not continue to extend him at the league minimum? Yeah, Tommy. Here's exactly why. Because it's going to take a serviceable backup like Danny Mendick. Mm-hmm. It's going to take his spot in the roster, and then he's going to go to the Oakland A's, get paid one point five million dollars a year max. No, no more than a million yeah. and a half. Mm-hmm. And he's going to start fucking raking. He's going to start yeah. having Marcus Simeon numbers. That's exactly <laughs> why. This cannot happen, okay? So your fear of missing out on a, like the development of a player is driving you to make this decision. You are a White Sox fan. That is what you are. No, 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 no. <laughs> Yomer Sanchez. You have seen the best of Yomer Sanchez yeah. already. So that's what I mean. You, you know- may not have already seen okay. the best of Danny Mendick. That I grant you. But knowing what we know about Yomer Sanchez and saying, like, he's going to be a 235, 245 hitter, he's going to be a uh, good glove at second for sure and a decent, like, serviceable league average glove at other infield positions. Mm -hmm. That's what you know of Yomer Sanchez. League average at other positions, great at second, and 235 to 245 with no pop. Uh, at the plate. Literally zero pop. This man is going to have like a 200 slugging percentage. Yeah. That's what you know of him. Is that enough to put him in your lineup? 
on a regular basis? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. All right. That is scary. My and that is why a healthy Yoamankata is going to... Honestly, if I'm going to pull out an X factor right now to this team in regard to its offensive production and making a playoff push, a healthy Yoan Mankata and a serviceable Edwin Encarnacion right. are going to be your X factors. I could not agree more. So, oh, and uh, and another starter. Another. <laughs> so I right saw now, a headline. Yes. I saw God. a headline. They are saying that a healthy Rodon is possible if the if the Sox are making a run, and I say to that. I drink. That's what I say to that. <laughs> I say to that, n- Savior is coming, and he is going to... You have had your final thoughts, Tom, <laughs> and I believe I have said mine as well with the Yon Mankata and Edwin Encarnacion piece. Serviceable Edwin, healthy Yohan, and are, we're going to make a real decent playoff issues. push. If only we only had another starter. Yeah. But uh, you know what? I'm leaving that off the table. It didn't happen. Let's ride with this offense producing six-plus runs. Let's recap this podcast really quick. We got a first-place ball club that everybody in the city is excited about. We got a team that we can back up. We got people who are Rookie of the Year candidates, AL MVP candidates. We've got um, the MLB being total assholes to Jose Abreu. And we've got uh, injured Yohan Mankata that's holding us back from being exactly the team that we need to be. We need to win some series against teams that matter. And that's about it. And I'm going to let you continue to cry those tears of pain for Jose, okay? <laughs> Rebuilder bust. And in Han we trust. Have a good one, everybody. Cheers.